Well, good morning. Let me welcome you to Crossroads on a rainy weekend. I'm good with that because I think we need a little bit of rain, but we're excited that you're here. Excited for those joining us on Facebook, Facebook Live. Let me say to you guys, welcome. And if you will, take a moment. Don't just watch it. Share it to your Facebook page because it just multiplies the people that will see it. Again, leave us a comment. If you have a prayer request, put that there in the comments or send us an email. You see the information there. Uh, we're happy that you join, are joining us. Just so you know, this afternoon, uh, we have an event, 5, 4.30 to 6. Uh, we're going to have chili that you bring. We're going to provide hot dogs, the fixings, Cokes. Uh, you're going to bring cookies, that kind of stuff. It piggybacks off what was supposed to be Halloween on the Square that the city was doing. In God's providence, they moved it to Halloween at the meal. So anyway, now it's right in our backyard. So yes, yes. It works out, and again, it's kind of complicated, but again, get here, have a good time, go over there. They're, they're springing for all the inflatables that you're not having to pay for, all the other stuff. Again, the merchants from the square are doing it, so we encourage you go from 2 to 4.30 over to the, to the mill. Uh, they'll have all that stuff inside if it rains, and then come over here, have some chili, a hot dog, you know, sit around, get to know people, especially people you don't know. That's what I want to encourage you to do. Find somebody that you haven't seen their face before, or maybe you have, and you don't know much about them. Sit down with them. Don't sit down with the people you know. Sit down with the people you don't know. Get to know them. We got work to do here, people, so we need you to get involved and get to know other people so in community we can do the things that God has called us to do. So bring your chili. Uh, we're going to reserve some parking spots in the front so you can get in and get out pretty easy. So again, we're excited to see you this afternoon, 4.30 to 6, our part, 2 to 4.30, their part. There you go. So there, there, that, that's what that's all about. Well, uh, last week we started a new series uh, called, uh, this title, Becoming, where we're actually doing something I don't typically do. We're going through the book of James, and last week we were looking at James chapter 1, where James was talking about us doing the Word. And, and, and again, I, I'm telling you for me, probably my biggest takeaway in what I read and what I taught last week uh, was this whole idea of James, you know, talking about how we look at the Word of God. Because, again, I think most of us make the mistake of treating the Word of God kind of like we do that entryway mirror. We all have one of those. We have those entryway mirrors where, you know, now, now at my house, I come in the front door. My wife comes in the garage. I come in the front door. Uh, I'm very formal, as you might expect. But anyway, I come in the front door. She comes in the garage. The reason I know she comes in the garage is because there's coffee spilt all over the steps. You know what I'm saying? That I have to clean up. So anyway, I come in the front door, and again, I have a mirror that has not been put up yet, but in the other house that we were in, there was a mirror right in the entry. And here's the thing. When you come in the front door, you kind of look at this mirror, and you're just on your way. And what James was telling us last week is you can't treat the Word of God that way, where you just kind of you know, look at it as at a passing glance. He told us last week that you have to look intently at the Word of God. Because when you look intently at the Word of God, when you bend over, it gets into you. It's like a mirror. It reflects things that need attention. It, shows you, it gives you direction. It shows you the things that you need to see about your life. So James told us that we need to hear the Word. We need to accept the Word as the authority in our life, and then we need to do the Word. Do the Word. This morning we're going to go into chapter 2, James chapter 2. 
And let me tell you, I got a lot to cover, so let's dive in because, again, I want to get this all covered, and I want you to read along with me on the screen behind me. Here's what James says. My dear brothers and sisters, what good is it if someone claims to have faith but demonstrates no good works to prove it? How could this kind of faith save anyone? For example, if a brother or sister in the faith is poorly clothed and hungry and you leave them saying goodbye, I hope you stay warm and have plenty to eat, but you don't provide them with a coat or even a cup of soup, then what good is your faith? Now look at what it says. So then faith that doesn't involve action is phony. That's the Passion Translation, which, let me tell you, if you're looking for a good, readable translation to, to kind of adopt and to get into your life so that you can understand Scripture, that's what I would recommend, the Passion Translation. That's what the Passion Translation just said. I want to look at the New King James Version. Here's what it says. Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Faith without works is dead. Let's say that together. Let's, let's, let's read it. Read it there. Let's, we're going to say it a couple times until I think you've gotten it right. Faith without works is dead. One more time. Faith without works is dead. Now, I, I, let me just say, I, I've told this story before, but it bears telling again because it's important. It's important to the very seat that you're sitting in. It helps you to understand what our God has done. See, when we started Crossroads, we did it in what most people would say was an unconventional, I mean, I'm going to tell you, I had a, a president of a bank tell me, who is a Christian, Randy, it will not work. You don't do it that way. That's what he told me. He said, it will not work. And the way that you're trying to start this church, it, it, it just won't work. And you don't do it that way. And here's the thing, you have to understand, if you don't know this, that we did this in a really unconventional way. I mean, we, we had never held services in a school or in a temporary location. I just honestly felt, and I know this is weird to some of you, that God had given me a vision that we were to, to find a location, which he, he told me where it was, we were to build it out, and then we would start holding services. And, and I get that people don't understand that. Because they didn't know if I could say with my mouth full. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they didn't know. And so I just started going and casting vision to people that this is what we're going to do. And people started to say, well, that's kind of like that movie Field of Dreams. I've never seen the movie Field of Dreams. But is that the movie where they say, if you build it, they will come? Yeah, so you know that. I've never seen that. I'm more interested in that real estate on show on uh, Netflix, uh, Selling Sunset. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, I mean, I've never watched that movie. But that's what we did. We went out, and I went out and cast vision to people, and I talked to people, and people looked at me like I had three heads. And people would tell me things like I just told you. You don't do it that way, it'll never work. Well, finally, I felt really prompted to go speak to this one individual. And this was a powerful individual, a Christian, the president of a major corporation. And I made an appointment. 
and he actually accepted the appointment. Now, here's what happened before that. I was really kind of troubled about going and I was intimidated. And so I actually called, I had lunch with a pastor friend, uh, and I said, hey, this is what I feel like God is calling me to do. And I'm going to tell you, that pastor friend said like that. He said, you need to go talk to him. So I made the appointment. I showed up 9 o'clock on a Friday, pamphlets in hand, brochures. I mean, I was a show dog. I mean, I was walking in there. And, and I cast the vision. And after two hours, finally, we kind of concluded. And he said to me, he said, you know what? I, I really believe in what you're doing, but let me think about it. Let me pray about it. That always scares me when somebody says, let me pray about it. You know what I'm talking about. I mean, when somebody says, that's kind of like, okay, get on out of here. But anyway, so anyway, let me pray about it, and I'll get with you the first of the week. Well, the first of the week came. The next week came. And I'm like, okay. And then the next week came, and I went to the P.O. box. We actually had enough money to get a P.O. box. And we got a P.O. box. And I went to the P.O. box, and there was a legal size white letter hand-addressed to Crossroads Church, P.O. box, in case you need this, P.O. box 2729, Lebanon, Tennessee, 37088. And I looked at the envelope, and there was some other junk mail in there. And I looked on the back of it, and there was a return address, but there was no name. And I looked in that envelope, and there was the response from three weeks ago. And it was a check. And that check was this moment where the catalyst for this crazy vision that God had given me came to life. Because, see, here's the thing. In that moment, armed with this crazy, you don't do it that way, it'll never work vision. This is the moment that I realized this. God is faithful. It was in that moment that the evidence was presented to me in the form of a check. The evidence that God is faithful. And it was in that moment that I realized this. Listen to what I'm saying. Faith with works is alive. Faith with works, it brings people to life. But faith without works is dead. Now, if you were with us last week, we kicked off this series talking about James, the author of this book. And we said that James is the, actually the little brother of Jesus, the half-brother, the firstborn after Jesus of Mary and Joseph. So being the little brother of Jesus kind of had its ups and downs, I'm sure. Because Jesus, you know, was always right. James probably could never be right. But what's really interesting is this. Not only was James the younger brother of Jesus, James was also the pastor of the very first church ever. So here's the thing. When you start to think about church, what we're doing, James had, had absolutely nothing to compare this to. He didn't have a North Point. He didn't have a Willow Creek. He didn't have a Saddleback. James had absolutely nothing 
to compare his church to. Let me tell you, he could not download a vision for his church off the internet. You know what he had to do? He had to download a vision for his church from God. That's where the vision came from. And it's by belief that James is giving us those words, those words that were for his first church, that first church, that faith without works is dead. So what we just read a moment ago is actually, let me tell you what it is. It's James framing up the vision. It's James actually framing up the mission of the very church that he was going to pastor. Because here's the thing, if you take the time to study, you will see that the conditions in the city of Jerusalem at that time, weren't, they weren't good. The social and economic temperature of the city of Jerusalem was bad. And the people living there were impoverished. I mean, people in the city of Jerusalem at that time were starving. And God gives this pastor, God gives James, the little brother of Jesus, this, this mission that says, we're not going to just be a church in the city. We're going to be a church for the city. We're not going to be a church just over here on the block. But we're going to be a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. A city on a hill that can't be hidden for the lost and the destitute. A city that can't be hidden for those people who are struggling in their faith. And James tells us that church, let me tell you what, what he says. He says that church doesn't start at 9.58. It doesn't start when the service starts. But James is telling us that the church starts when service is over. Because we don't just go to church. James says that we are the church. And that's really what summarizes this whole idea. Faith without works is dead. Faith, listen, faith without works is phony. Being a Christian, listen, 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 without being Christ-like is phony. I saw a, a meme this week. I have it on my phone. I, I screenshot it. It was a picture. I'm going to make sure my shirt's long enough. I don't want a crop top here. You know what I'm saying? So uh, it was a bunch of Christians worshiping. And it said, this is how they look just before they go and assault an 18-year-old waitress. And let me tell you, I have some friends that own restaurants in town that are open on Sunday, and they tell me the worst day is Sunday. Because you know what? There's truth to that meme. The church people go in, and they assault the help. They assault the waitresses. And what James is saying is this. The grace that we receive, if that's not the grace that we give away, then James is really saying, that isn't what I want for my church. 
James is really telling us, even though I didn't become a follower of Jesus until after the resurrection, we talked about it last week, even though I didn't become a follower of my brother until after he had died and resurrected, I spent some time with my brother. And I saw something demonstrated in his life. And the thing that I saw was where that scripture says, Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve. And to give his life as a ransom. Faith, faith, listen, faith, faith without works is dead. And again, I know for some of you that's kind of that kind of that's kind of that Christian, you know, talk. And so it made me think, you know, I, I got to find another way to help bring this home so people really understand this. And 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 I came up with another way, and I'm going to show it to you. Here's here's the way of saying the same thing. Helping someone brings hope to someone. Helping someone brings hope to someone. Because faith needs evidence. Faith needs substance. Look at Hebrews 11, verse 1. Here's what it says. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. Faith is now. Faith is reality. I, myself, you as a follower of Jesus, you are the substance of faith. And the thing that you do is what changes somebody's future. This word works in the Greek. We're going to put it up there so you can see it. The word works is the word ergon. You know what that means? It means to be employed. That word is mentioned 181 times in the New Testament. James uses it 12 times. But it means to be employed. It means to be occupied by a purpose. It means an act or a deed or something that is done. And when you think about that, what the word means... I think Paul is the one who best framed this up when he said this in Ephesians 2. Look at Ephesians 2. Paul said, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we could walk in those works. Do you understand that God prepared those works beforehand so that we as followers of Jesus could walk in those works? So it's time for us to show up to work. It's time for you and I to show up to work in our city. It's time for you and I to show up to work in our family. It's time for us to show up to work in the life of somebody who is discouraged and dealing with all these emotional issues in their life. And we know there's a lot of that going on right now. 
There are a lot of people because of what COVID has done, and again, the after effects, there are a lot, all this political division. I mean, it's, there are a lot of people who are dealing with all of those issues, and it's up to us to show up to work. Because you see, what we have received freely by the way of salvation must be given away freely by the way of serving. What we have received by the way of salvation, freely it came to us, should be given away by the way of serving. Now listen, salvation was free. It didn't cost you anything. Faith was free. And now you know what you do as a follower of Jesus? You need to give it away. No strings attached. Again, what did the scripture say a while ago? I just kind of referenced it. It wasn't on the screen. Jesus came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom. Which means, that means no strings attached. But we will have to be the tangible hands and feet of Jesus. Because James told us that as a follower of Jesus, what that word, word the word mean? Employed. We're employed. You have to give away what you have received. You and I have to be like David. The, the scripture tells us that David served the purposes of God in his generation. And see, here's the thing. Most of us have lived a life as, as followers of Jesus as a Christian. And we have kind of based that life on, you know, what we don't do. You know, these are the things we don't do as a Christian. But James comes along and says, it's also about this. It's also about what I need to do. It's about what you need to do. So that means that, you know what, I just can't come to church. I mean, it's good to be in church. Hebrews 10, 25 says, forsake not the assembling of yourself together. You need to be in church. But James takes it a step further and says, you know what, I have to be the tangible hands and feet of Jesus. And I love this. Because when I look at the life of Jesus, especially those ministry years that we have a lot of exposure to, Jesus was really good at kind of examining, you know, cross-examining people in a conversation. He would talk and ask questions and kind of, I mean, even though he knew where they were, he would, he would kind of find out what was going on in their life and the things that were happening in their life. So Jesus, kind of in that courtroom setting, he kind of cross-examined people. And that's what I want to do this morning. I want to cross-examine us. And just ask you this morning, how has the cross impacted you? How has the cross affected you? What do you value in the work of the cross? Because if you're a note taker, you might want to write this down. What James is saying is this. I don't just go to church. I am the church. I won't just go to church. I will be the church. Now think about that. 
I mean, think about the church this morning. I want you to think about the church because I'm going to give you some context, which I'm sure you're not thinking about. You know, when you think about the church this morning, you know what the church did? The church got up and took a shower. The church put on some old spice. I didn't put on that, I'm telling you. The church had breakfast. The church got in the car and drove in the rain and sat in traffic. You know what else the church did? The church prayed for you. Do you realize right now that you're sitting next to the church? I am the church. You are the church. The church is not four corners of a building. Let me tell you, the church is what goes to the four corners of the earth. We are the church. And you say, Randy, how do you know that? And I'll tell you how I know that. Because the first time that the church was mentioned is when Jesus is having this interaction with Peter. Jesus is actually conversing, having a conversation with Peter. And, and in a way, it's what I said a while ago, it's cross-examining. Peter's actually, I mean, Jesus is actually cross-examining Peter. And most of you know the words from Jesus to Peter. He says, okay, Peter, who do men say that I am? And now you have to remember, this is in Caesarea Philippi, just outside of this big cave that's known as the Gates of Hell. It's, it's the Gates of Hades. I've been there four times. And Peter and Jesus are having this conversation, and Jesus says, okay, Peter, who is it? Who do people say that I am? You know what Jesus was really asking, Peter? What are people saying about the church through us? What are people, Peter, saying about God through you? What are people saying, Peter, about God through us? And what James has said, faith without works is dead. But what James is really saying is that faith without works, that's the thing that keeps people dead, spiritually dead. Faith without works. But listen to me this morning. When faith and works come together, people come alive. When faith and work comes together, that's when the Great Commission is fulfilled. And Jesus says to Peter, Who do men say that I am? And Peter responds to the actual cross-examination of Jesus. And he said, Jesus, some people say that you're John the Baptist, and some people say that you're Elijah. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. Who do you say? Who do you say I am, Peter? And see, that's what I think I've been given to ask you today. That same question, who do you say that he is? Who do you say that he is? Because, see, Peter would respond to the question. And Peter would respond with these words. Let me paraphrase it. You're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. And Jesus looked back at Peter and said, Son, Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, 
but you have had a revelation. And it's on that revelation that you have had, Peter, it's on that revelation that I'm going to build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The word church, look at, look at the screen behind me, is the word ecclesia. Look at that word because you know what that word doesn't have? That word doesn't have a committee. That word doesn't have a committee on committees. That word doesn't have a backhoe because you know what? That word is not a building. That word is not bricks and mortar. Because you see, when Jesus used that term, he used that term in the context of a group of citizens who were coming together to determine the welfare of the city. And that's what James is saying. We're not going to be a church. We're not going to be a building on a block. Because before we invite people to that building, we're going to invite people into our lives. James is saying it's not about religion. It's about relationship. You know what I don't want to share? I don't want to share religion with people. I want to share my relationship with Jesus Christ with other people. So I'm going to dive really deep here in just a moment and give you a very, very deep Greek word. Because you need to understand this. And here's that very, very deep Greek word. It's the word normal. I just want to be normal. Because can I just be honest with you? If I'm honest with you, church people are some of the weirdest people I've ever engaged with. I mean, I, you know, it's funny with me because, honestly, I'm still the life of the party. But when I go to the party, nobody wants to be around me. I promise you, invite me to your party, we'll still have fun. But nobody invites the pastor because they're afraid he's going to be like that cloud over whoever that was on the Peanuts cartoon. I'm, I'm not going to come and ruin you. Let me tell you, one of the things that I dislike about Christians and church people is they feel like they have to talk a certain way. Do you know what I'm talking about? Well, how far art thou, Randy? I'm a <laughs> I'm tight. I'm good. I'm like, gosh, dog. You know, brothers and sisters. Look, if you talk that way, it's, that's, that's you. That's you. But that's not me. And one of the things that I have discovered is this. James, in what he's saying, is that we just need to be supernaturally natural. We just need to be supernaturally normal as followers of Jesus. James is saying that when you receive that faith in your heart, please, please, please make sure that that faith in your heart gets down to your hands. Make sure that that salvation that's in your heart 
gets to serving. Some of you need to hear this, gets to serving through your hands. What did Jesus say? I will build my church. And the question I think all of us need to answer here in this room, you watching online, is this. Are we the church or do we just go to church? I mean, think about it. Those who are lost and discouraged and down. Now listen to what I'm saying. Look, look right here, right here. Do they see the reality of Jesus in you? Are you the evidence of right now faith based on your right now works? Because if there's anything, let me tell you, I have learned, it's to serve other people. It's to serve other people. And let me just say this, not on a designated serve day, not just me giving to an offering because if I give to that offering, I feel like I can be a part of something. I mean, think about it. It's got to cost you something. It costs Jesus his life. And you expect it not to cost you something? See, we've been talking about faith without works, and let me just say this. When I see the word work, you know what I think of? Worship. When I see the word work, I think of worship. Because again, I think about living my life and being a living sacrifice. Because faith without works is dead. And he goes on. And here's the second thing that I want to point out for us this morning. Here's what James is saying. Look, look, look at the screen behind me. I need to put my mission where my mouth is. Look at James chapter 2. Here's what it says. For example, if a, if a brother or sister in the faith is poorly clothed and hungry and you leave them saying, goodbye, I hope you stay warm and have plenty to eat, but you don't give them a coat or even a cup of soup, what good is your faith? Can I, can I tell you something about lost people? People that are lost, but maybe they've had a little bit of exposure to Christians. They don't hate Christ. They don't deny Christ. They hate us. They hate Christ's followers. They hate us because, listen, 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 listen. If we have this message of grace, this message of the healer, this message of greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world, then how dare us to keep that and not give it away as freely as we have received it? We have to put our mission where our mouth is. Because, listen, listen, faith without works is dead if we keep it to ourselves. We have to multiply this mission. We have to put our mission where our mouth is. And James is saying, you know what? Not my church, not this church. And let me just say this. 
if I have anything to say about this church, not this church. Because if we see a need, we're going to meet that need. Somebody's hungry, we're going to feed them if we can. Somebody's lost, we're going to give them directions. And let me just say, today is the official start, the last Sunday in October of the 100 Box Project. We've done it for 12 years. We have spent, uh, we have fed over the last 12 years thousands of families at Christmas through just basic, good, household, staple food items. And you have the opportunity to be a part of that again. It's going to cost more this year than it did last year. There's no doubt. But you have an opportunity starting today to be the tangible hands and feet of Jesus in this community. You don't have to sign up today, but again, the opportunity is there. That's what faith is. Faith is meeting a need. And let me just say this. Can I just say this? Uh, I saw somebody this past week. Uh, I was at a funeral visitation, and somebody said to me uh, something about the sign on the end of the building that looks, I understand, it looks, it's faded, and it's gone, and it, it's a bunch of money to replace. But, you know, we did a message probably a month ago, and I really felt like God had spoken to me to give the money that we had accumulated for that to Joseph's storehouse so that we could feed other people. We need that sign replaced, but you know what? Meeting the needs of other people was more important. I understand that sign looks bad. Let me tell you, I'm embarrassed. There are lots of things that I would like to change and do, but again, I'm dealing with the hand that's been dealt with me and being faithful with what God has given me. You want to write a check? Talk to me about that sign. I'll get that changed. But you know what? We bought a truckload of food that went into the hands of needy people in our community. Sometimes faith is just a hug. Sometimes it's a smile. Sometimes it's a text message. Just encouraging somebody. I'm praying for you. I'm here for you. Because faith without works is dead. I don't want a phony kind of faith. I want the real thing. I don't want to knock off. I don't go to Burger King and order the impossible burger. You know why? Because I don't want a fake hamburger. <laughs> it's a phony. If that's what you want, I'll pray for you. You get it. But that's not the real thing. And it's time for our Christianity to show up from faith to feet, from faith to hands. So that we can change somebody else's life. So that we can change somebody else's future. I want to put my mission where my mouth is. Let me, let me say it another way. I'm going to put it up there so you can see it and you can write this down. I want a testimony, not a testimony. That's what I want. I want a testimony. I don't want a testimony. I want somebody that I've spent time with to be better off because they spent time with me. I want to live a life open-handed because I know when I leave my hands open that God is constantly going to keep my hands full. I've learned to be life-giving most days, not every day, 
I struggle just like some of you do. I have to put my mission where my mouth is. And let me tell you, that, that's easy. When people are like me. It's easy when people look like me and dress like me. Good looking like me. Vote like me. Eat like me. But what about the times when people aren't like me? It's a lot harder when people vote opposite what I want them to vote. It's a lot harder when they have an Android phone versus an iPhone. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it is true. <laughs> Go out of the country and try to get in touch with them, it's like, oh my gosh. It's a lot easier when people are like me, but when people are different from me, it's a whole different ball game. But the scripture tells us you have to love your neighbor as yourself. And the same forgiveness that's been given to you, you need to give to others. It's easy to love your neighbor when they're like you. But can we put our mission where our mouth is? James is saying, don't just go to church. Don't just go to church. Be the church. Put your mission where your mouth is. And here's my last point. My last point is this. My compassion is going to be followed by my action. You know, again, I lost my mother July. And we all know those people. Man, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Sorry for you. And again, maybe not so much about something like that, but something you're going through personally. I'm sorry for you, man. I'm, I'm sorry you had to go through that. I'm going to be praying for you, you know. But faith is now. How about us, Crossroads? How about we be now? How about our faith be right now? Because we know what it says in the book of Acts. It's not going to be on the screen, but it says that when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria. You know what that's really saying? But Lori, I don't even know if you maybe understood it this way, but it's really saying this. You're going to be my witness when you're out of your comfort zone. That's what that's really saying. Can you be my witness when things are out of your comfort zone? See, some of you may not know this, but I used to be on staff with uh, John Hagee, who is in San Antonio. The family's still a friend of my, they're friends of ours. and uh, I mean, it wasn't very long, but I traveled with him, and I've been with uh, a lot of the TBN people, uh, you know, Broad Parsley, Benny Hinn, uh, Charles Stanley. I mean, I've seen, I've seen the... You know, I've seen the best of times and the worst of times. You know what I'm saying? I've seen a lot. But one of, one of the most, one of the most, one of the most fun, I want to say funnest. One of the funnest things that I did was I, he asked me to come to Memphis and to sell books for him, work his book table. When I was in Memphis, I was in the church of Bishop G.E. Patterson. The Church of God it's got a name that's this long. It's an African-American church. And one of the things that I loved was their worship. Because them people get down. And what was so funny is this. 
when, when Brother Patterson, you know, Reverend Patterson, whatever, G.E., Bishop Patterson, I think is what they called him, when, when, when he would be making a point, you know, much like not like here, he would say, can I get a witness? And people would stand up and people would holler and people would, you know, they, I mean, they would do all that kind of stuff. And, you know, when you're a white boy and you're in a black church and you see that, and I just loved it. These people got some life. But that's not what this is saying. It's not saying, can I get a witness? But it's saying to you and I, can I be a witness? Will you put your mission where your mouth is? I got to have action. Here's the question of the day. How are you being cross-examined today? I believe it's in Matthew 25. Here's what it says. When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, He will sit on His glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before Him. And he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and he will put the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick. And you looked after me. I was in prison. And you came to visit me. And you know, here, look, look right here. I'm sure the disciples said, when, Jesus? When were you naked? Jesus, when were you naked? Jesus, when, when were you hungry? And again, this is like Jesus is cross-examining. Picture a courtroom. And, and Jesus says to the disciples, come over here. Let, let's go to the witness stand. Let's go over here to the person that was hungry. Let's go to the person that you disagreed with. Let, let's go to the single mom that all she wanted was someone to mentor her son. Let's go to the jury. Let's go to the homeless guy. And Jesus looked at his disciples and said, when you did it for the least of these, you did it for me. See, that's the way that you get a guilty verdict. See, think about the scripture we just read. The sheep are on the right hand. You know what the right hand is? 
the right hand is the side of approval. The goats are on the left hand. That's the side of disapproval. You know where I want to be, where I want to be? I want to be on the right hand. Because you know what the scripture says? At his right hand are pleasures forevermore. Think about that. I don't want a phony faith. I don't want to be a knockoff version of Christianity. I don't want to be the impossible burger. I want to be the whopper with cheese when it comes to my faith. I want to be the real, authentic version of Christianity. Because, listen, listen, faith without works is a lie. Faith with works is what brings people to life. Would you bow your heads and pray with me this morning? God, we thank you for this time. But God, more importantly, we thank you for the words of your little brother, the little brother of Jesus, James, who inspires us, who motivates us, who encourages us to be the people that you've actually called us to be, that we just don't come to church, but we are the church. And that when people actually spend time with the authenticity of a real Jesus-following Christian, they're changed. And that's what we want. We want to be a church for the city, not in the city. We don't want to be defined by these four walls, but we want to be going to the four corners of the earth, carrying the mission that you have given us that started as a catalyst in that envelope that was opened that day, that check that started it off. And here we are still going. It ain't always been fun. It ain't always been easy. But God, you have proved to us that you are faithful. And God, we say today that you can just have it all. Everything in our life, use us in the way that only you can. Fill these seats, God. Raise up these people. Change the spiritual temperature in this city because of Crossroads Church. We don't want to be what we are. We want to be something that we have never been as we walk into the things that you have for us. And we ask this prayer this morning in the name that's above all names, the name of Jesus. Leave. 
Take this out from me.